Hello and welcome to the Tongue in Cheek podcast with the Solomon sisters. Tonight I am going solo. Unfortunately, Alana cannot be here, but I will be representing both of us. So I hope I do her justice tonight. And we have a very, very special show the Bravo Breakdown. Sasha Morfa is here. Um, I am so honored to have her. I know Ilana and I are just such huge fans of all of her breakdowns to her amazing outfits in every video. You guys have to check her out. And let's begin. We're going to get down to Potomac, everything Bravo that we might be thinking of, and just really getting into the Sasha's mind. So we're going to begin now, and I'm so excited. My sister couldn't make it tonight, so I'm so sorry. Um, but I'm so honored that you're on our podcast. We are such big fans of yours. You have no idea. Thank you so much. Oh, I just think you make the best points, and I just love hearing you. you're just so analytical, and I just, I just love everything about you. Could you tell our um, listeners just a little bit about your story and your page? I know they probably already know it, but just in case. Yes, yeah, so it's the Bravo Breakdown. It's on Instagram and I have a Patreon as well. Um, I started it at the beginning of the pandemic because I just needed something to do. I'm an actor, so I usually am pretty booked up with like auditions and sort of learning lines and things like that. But all the production shut down pretty much immediately. Like I was immediately unemployed. Oh, wow. So I know. So I basically was just like, you know, what can I do to keep myself uh, occupied? And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to be watching reality TV anyway. So I may as well make use of my time. So I just started kind of like taking notes and just seeing what popped out to me from the episodes. And um, I, I really got inspired a lot from a lot of the meme pages that they have, you know, a, a lot of the Bravo meme pages. Yeah, like, oh they're God. amazing. So amazing. I was like, oh my God, these are so funny. Like, how can I get involved with this community? And then my fiance was like, why don't you just, you know, make a video, like take your notes and make a video. So I just did that one day, edited it all together. And since I'm an actor, I'm, and I, uh, most, most of my auditions are self-tapes. So I'm really, I'm used to being in front of the camera. I mean, I've probably done thousands of self-tape submissions over the years and then editing my own video. So I kind of was used to that sort of muscle of self-correcting, you know? Yes, of course. So that was kind of something I was already really good at. And it was really an easy transition to go from the acting to sort of the commentator sort of lane. And then, you know, it started, I started it in June and then it just kind of took off. People really have been super supportive and just... You know, I've been on tons of podcasts and just people reposting and giving me a lot of feedback. And it's it's been a really, really fun and crazy ride. Well, I'm not surprised that you've gotten such like amazing feedback because even when I'm listening to you and watching, first of all, I love all your outfits. Can I just say like you dress Thank you so, so much. Amazing. And as Thank a stylist, you. my sister and I are always like, oh my God, look at her. What is she wearing today? Oh my gosh. Um, Thank you. I just love it. But, um... Also, I just think you have this um, way when you're talking um, to your viewers and, and that makes it seem like you've been there for so long and you, and you already know you. There's like um, a warmness and it's so lovely. And I also just think your points are always just so on. Thank you. I agree so much with what you were saying. I was even like re-watching some of your videos um, today and yesterday and I was all the Potomac fights and I love the way you broke it down, but also your commentary, which I want to get into as well. But 
I just think you have maybe because you also are an actor, so you really are able to understand different people's perspectives. Right. Such amazing points. <laughs> Thank you so much. That really means a lot to me. I appreciate it. Because that's the one thing you want. You want to feel like people get you. Because I wanted to do something where it wasn't me trying to fit a role. Like with my acting, I always felt like, okay, I can highlight a certain part of myself that is appropriate for the role that I'm auditioning for. But I really appreciate being able to have this platform where it's like, okay, this is me. This is what I look like. This is how I talk. This is what I think. And to hear the feedback that you relate to me and it's some, I, you feel like I'm very familiar to you. It's really, really, really makes me feel really happy i love that oh well i'm so happy i could share that with you but i really mean it like a hundred percent i i love your videos and i also think because i love what you're wearing too i'm always like she really just knows everything <laughs> so what was um were you always into all bravo shows do you have a favorite what has what has been like more like as you're starting it because i know you said you're gonna start you just started below deck med Yes, yes. So I've started, I watched only Atlanta for a long time, probably like three or four years. And then, well, maybe two years. And then I started watching Orange County and then back and then watched binge that and caught up. So Orange County, Atlanta were the only, I don't know why Orange County. Maybe <laughs> I think I was drawn to like the sort of California lifestyle because I'm from the South. So yeah. Atlanta felt like really familiar and it felt like, like I was seeing my aunts and my cousins and things like that on TV. I really related to the sense of humor. And then I think Orange County was just sort of like the closest thing to what I had an idea of what that lifestyle was like. So I watched those two for a really long time. And then I started listening to Bitch Sesh five years ago. I love and Bitch Sesh. So good. Oh my gosh. When I went on, when they asked me to be on that show, I literally was like, oh my gosh, I've made it. Like Bitch Sesh. I never, if anyone had told me I'd be on Bitch Sesh, I would be like, are you kidding me? Like, why would they ever want me on the show? I couldn't believe it. It was no, so- No, of course so they would want you, but I agree. Like that is the dream. It's the holy grail, right? It's so amazing. There's I love them. I love and it and it was such a fun podcast to be a part of because it was because they're they're mostly a comedic they're the girls are comedians so it's, yeah. it's you don't have to get so in your head like it's just super fun like you know they know their stuff but they don't take it so seriously which I really love. Yeah, but, and I um, love them as comedians as well. Yes. So getting to the getting even inside their head in that time too. Yes. So they're just hilarious. I love it. But um, so then I started listening to Bitch Sesh and that's actually what turned me on to Roni and Jersey because I was like not knowing what they were talking about. I'm like, what are they talking about? Like, I need to watch these other shows. So then I started watching. So then I started watching Roni and Jersey and Beverly Hills and Vanderpump, all of those within the past five years. And I binged them all in my apartment, on my iPad, in the bed, with the blinds closed on those days where you're just like, you're an actor and you don't know what you're doing in your life. So you just watch reality to make the days pass. So it got me through a lot of low moments of, you know, going months and months of no auditions and wondering what the heck you're doing. Yeah. Very comforting, especially watching Vanderpump. Oh, Cause I Because like, they're, they're actors and they're models and things like that. So watching them, I was like, okay, like, I feel a little bit better about myself because at least I'm not out there, like, fucking my best friend's man on his couch. I agree. You know? Those are all great points. And also, I do think you can look at them and you're like, you know, they are making all the wrong life decisions. So things aren't that bad. Like, right. Growth. Exactly. Exactly. So that was kind of what started it. And once I started Roni and Jersey, then it was like, okay, now I'm watching any and everything Bravo. So now I watch, I pretty much watch everything except for Amer uh, Below Deck, which I just started this year. But prior to this year, I've watched Married to Medicine and I mean, all everything that they have. On the I love Married to Medicine. I feel like Potomac and Married to Medicine, but at least Potomac is finally getting it, the attention I feel like it's deserved. 
But yeah. Married to Medicine and Potomac were my favorite Bravo shows for so long. And I felt like I would ask everyone if they were big Bravo fans and they would tell me yes. And then I would mention these two shows and they would have no clue really what I was talking about. And I would think, do you really know Bravo? Exactly. That's how I feel. It's a good sort of icebreaker to see if someone's really, I hate when someone calls themselves a Bravo-holic and they don't watch the black shows. Cause I, I know a lot of people that love Bravo. They don't even watch Atlanta. That's crazy because I'm like, how? Okay. I don't get it. Is how I even got into Housewives. Like, I know. he was my obsession. And I really just thought she, I mean, right now she's not, she's not in the best place. But I feel yes. like she, to me, was everything. And I even watched shows I didn't like just because I knew she would be on it. And I mm -hmm. wanted to, like, see her journey. I loved her. Yeah. And I think Atlanta, no matter what, all of the women, not just Mimi, they always brought it. Absolutely. And it was their souls. Like you didn't mm -hmm. feel like it was contrived or produced. And that's how I feel recently about Potomac and always about Married to Medicine. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, that show is so real and so beautiful. And these mm -hmm. women's stories, I just keep wanting to know. I always felt from the first episode of Married to Medicine, I literally like, told every single person, this is the show we need to be watching and really yep. studying. It's so, so good. It's amazing. I wish that the Married to Med LA were better. I didn't love that it. That one's okay. Yeah. yeah. Atlanta is Atlanta is top notch, but LA, they need to shake it up a little bit. I don't know what they're missing, but something's missing. It's like almost, I know you don't watch Below Deck yet, but once you get into the Below, you're going to see Below Deck Yacht, and I just don't get it. Okay. Gotcha. I love Below Deck, and I love Below Deck Med, but every time I watch Below Deck Yacht, I'm like, hmm, is this? Did we need this? Was this right. my yearning for this? I didn't feel like I was. Right. Okay. 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 No, I get that sense. Where they just they just kind of threw it in the mix, but it's not necessary. Like yeah. Yeah. And I feel one of the things I love about Bravo, I think, because I have a bit of a psychology uh, minor, is that I do look at it. Like I want to analyze these people. I I grew up in a very um, like not only religious, but very close knit family. And yeah. I loved it. And I, my parents always told me, you know, respect everyone. Everyone's lovely, like treat everyone, you know, you judge them by who they are in their soul. That's it. Like right. if That's how you're going to do it. And I right. think when I watch these shows, I've never seen women like this. So for me, it's almost like, Ooh, I'm watching them in their like natural habitat. What's happening? Yes. That's how I feel. And it's women that you can't write this stuff. Like there's a lot of good characters starting to come up now with scripted for women. I mean, really within the past five years, it's just now starting to happen. But the layers that these women have that we get to see on the shows and the up and downs of what they go through, like it's, it's sometimes more depth than you even see on some of the best scripted shows on television. I completely agree. I mean, Karen, to me, watching her in last night's episode, oh I just thought you are one of, like, you're a warrior. I you're loved a it. warrior. And you're so strong and you have so much grace because besides Ray just being really not nice, I did mm -hmm. not care for his attitude. Giselle throwing all that shade no matter what was happening. Right? Just give, give Karen give it, a break. Can you give her one moment where you yeah. just stop? I was, and I was actually like, I thought Giselle was going to be even worse than she was because I was worried that she was going to start like throwing shade in front of her, her aunts and things like that. So she kind of held back a little bit, but on the side with her and Ashley throwing sh so much shade, I'm just so like. So much. But I oh think Giselle, at least to me, because Giselle always kind of talked, no matter when Karen would sort of say like her spiel, like about how she comes from, you know, a good family, even though they're from a small town and Giselle would always be like, 
kind of throwing it that no, she's not from a good family. Like she's not what, like whatever it would maybe be implying. And then I think when Giselle saw like, no, like Karen wasn't just BSing, like Karen, like this was her life. I felt like Giselle almost took a step back and was like, oh. Like when she got to her aunt's house in the land, Giselle looked a little like, oh. Uh huh. Like, did I eat? She always, she always wants someone to be beneath her. It's like when Monique first came on the scene and she's like, oh, do you have a home? And she's like, oh, I have four homes. Like, she's always looking for ways to make herself better than someone. Well, I completely agree. And one of the things that annoyed me about the reunion for that season is two things that they did to Monique. One, when even though Andy kind of pointed out that the girls asked, like that Giselle asked her, the way they all kept saying um, Monique sort of threw it at her, like Monique was quick with it. She was funny. She was sassy. She wasn't rude about it. Oh, no, not at all. And then they all kept saying rap for us, rap for us. That she did that, I thought it was impressive. They were so weird the way they were all saying, even Karen said, I think like, oh, I wouldn't have done that. But they were all telling her to do that. Right. It was the weirdest scenario. And I felt like at the reunion, Andy did not point out enough that Monique did nothing in that scene. It was all of them. All them. It's the jealousy. The jealousy is strong. Which is why I get so frustrated watching how Giselle is relishing in everything that's happening right, right now with Monique. It's just giving her all the reason to push her out of the show, basically. I agree, but I did. I was listening to a podcast earlier and they were saying that they felt Robin was almost the voice of reason in these scenes. And I feel like I go back and forth because sometimes I feel she's more always on Giselle's side, no matter what. And because Giselle did have that issue with Monique and for that matter, didn't Robin and, um, I mean, Robin and Monique almost fought with the umbrella, right? Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. I know there are past maybe things that haven't been set, but when I entered this season, I did think, oh, they all seem to be getting along. So then when the fight's happening and I'm looking at Robin and Giselle, I do feel Robin isn't completely like um, unbiased. I do feel a little bit she is coming at Monique in this way that's very, not contentious, but it does have like a lot of animosity. Absolutely, there's a motive there for sure because she they, she's had her own tiff with Mo, with Monique and, and and like you said she I've never seen if she if she doesn't agree with Giselle she's not going to make it known and when she does agree she's going to make sure that you all know that she agrees so I think yeah I think it's like you said I think it's a little bit of both I think it's her siding with Giselle and also the fact that she she doesn't like Monique and Giselle doesn't like Monique. So there you have it. It doesn't matter what Monique did. Even if Monique didn't flip the hair, they would have still been saying all the things that, that they're saying because they don't like Monique at all. No, I agree. Because even when they're mentioning everything about the violent thing, about not the violent thing, about the whole fight, I right. do feel that, I mean, didn't Candace last season do a knife? Like they, they've had even Robin almost fought. Like there have mm-hmm. been instances, instances where the, all of the women have felt, I think, a bit more passionate because of course, if you're drinking, you're gonna feel that a little bit more. Right. I do think how excessive it got with Monique was very scary, but I like, and very intense. I, I don't think yeah. what she did at all was right. And I don't agree with her that um, words and actually doing actions are the same. Right. But I do think you can antagonize somebody to the point. Like if you're constantly mentally bullying somebody, I do think eventually they'll snap. I, yeah. I think with Portia and Kenya, Kenya I felt was bullying Portia. And I yeah. think 
Portia finally was like, I am done. Like you were my idol. And now like no more, I am free kind of moment. Where in this instance, I feel like with Monique and Candace, this all of Monique's anger, I mean, she kind of said it with the pastor, was all about all what she's kind of been through with all of these women and Candace kind of just represented it because they were actually close and she felt that betrayal. The betrayal, right. No, absolutely. I absolutely agree. And in that meeting with her pastor, I was shocked that she even said what she said. Like when she said she didn't deserve that, I was like, oh, thank God. That's the first time that she said anything that even looks close to that. Yeah, and she didn't even say that. Like, wasn't it last week on Watch What Happens Live? She didn't say it. So that's why I'm like, what's happened between then and now? Because she's obviously gone back on what she's saying, even in that episode. And in the same episode, she's calling them on the phone at the farm. And she's like, well, you know, if it, if it hadn't been me, it would have been one of us. And they were like, why are you saying this? Yeah, I didn't, I was like, why, Monique? Because I know. You, I'm, I, I think violence, no matter what is wrong, but I do feel like Monique has always been somebody I very much admired and I liked her. And so just to see her have no remorse and feeling like Candace deserved this, no matter what. I know, what. I know. But I also feel like Candace doesn't seem to have any, maybe self-acknowledge that like maybe she played, I'm not right. the biggest, but like a but part. She, and that's the thing, but I think, Candace needs to understand this by her owning her part in it that doesn't like take away from what Monique did you're still you're still the victim in this situation you can still own your part without not you know what I'm saying so I think that she's thinking that if she says even the smallest way of her having something to do with it then that'll take away from what Monique did it's like no you're actually to make yourself look better because then that's going to show your maturity even more that you can own your part in the situation I completely agree. I thought watching her in the therapist in last week's episode, just the way he kept trying and so- I know, I know. Yeah, and like, no matter what he said, she's like, no, I'm good. I really looked in the mirror. I felt like it's great. And I was like, not even a little- Nothing. Because I do think at least um, um, from what I've heard, a lot of the stuff that might be causing all of this happened at Andy's birthday party. Like the girls all got together, had like a dinner or something and decided they were going to take Monique down. Okay. So I think a lot of this is stuff like she just knows these rumors yeah, yeah. are like festering. And that's why it's hard because so much of what's going on is not on camera. Like all of the rumors about her Chase not being her son and all these things. It's like, as a viewer, unless you're invested like we are and the, you know, all of the fandom of the Bravo community, you wouldn't know. So it's like, Monique, you look crazy. I know. And that's, I have to say at the beginning of the season, I really was like, what's going on with Monique? Like, I feel she kept, um, my sister and I, we actually had a back and forth on one of our podcasts because I felt like in a certain way, Monique kept bringing up the rumors like saying she wasn't going to talk about the rumors I felt like was still bringing up right and putting it in our face because then why wouldn't we want to know but right. then my sister felt like no the producers were egging her on and then Giselle completely said everything right but I keep I still go back and forth if I feel like that but I do think Monique is very smart so I I know you know she if she knew this was coming then she might have had an idea of how she wanted the season to go however that fight could have never been a part of I feel like oh no 
It's like she was trying to go ahead and introduce the rumor so we could feel bad and be like, this is why, I, like, these are some of the reasons why we got into this fight and try to yeah. give more of a context to the viewer. But it didn't work because she didn't say what the rumors were. So she, it was so mysterious. And like you said, even if she had flat out said, oh, Giselle started these rumors or Candace started these rumors, it still doesn't justify what you did. No. So I don't know. That, that therapy session with her pastor made me uncomfortable because I felt like she broke down because she had to like i like i just felt like it was like okay like he was telling her how to feel which i for me when i, I don't i don't really think that's useful he was like you feel this way because they don't see your perfection and this is blah 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 and then she's like oh yeah you're right she didn't deserve that I, I appreciate the fact that she finally got to that place where she was able to say but the fact that she's now to this day not owning that leads me to the belief that in that moment, her therapist got her to the point of vulnerability to be able to say that, but she still didn't really mean it. I do agree with you, but I think because last night before, like when I was kind of just thinking of it, because this morning is when it hit me, I was like, wait, she was just on Watch What Happens Live. And right. The complete opposite. But last night when I was watching, I was like, okay, so maybe because I have to think, even though I shouldn't, I should be judging it for what's in front of me. But in my head, I was thinking, okay, they must have had a meeting off camera. She said she had to write down stuff. So maybe he was looking, taking what she written down and was kind of just trying to walk okay. her through her feelings. But I do agree with you when you think about the fact that she did this on camera. The girls kind of keep making comments that she's very good about kind of crying on camera, but then saying certain stuff off camera. Like, I think in one of the episodes, Candace said, like, Monique will say one thing to me off camera, but then on camera, she's mm -hmm. a completely different person. Right. So I don't know what then that was all in effect, because... If this is about the lawsuit so that she's completely changed her mind to have no remorse, even if you're getting sued, you can still feel some guilt <laughs> for beating up somebody. Right. And she seems on Watch What Happens Live to be so angry. She does. She does. Angry. It's very disturbing to watch yeah. how, how angry she is and how, yeah, she's still pointed and she's still talking about the wine glass. Like, the wine glass is so irrelevant. Like, stop talking about the wine glass. And it was so after the fact. It, it, it really was. was doing, I rewatched it. Her, she was down and she was going like this. And right. I think in that moment, anyone would be flinging because you're in such a mode of like, protect myself, just get me away from this person. Right. And Monique said it herself, she had her, what was it, like face down so she mm -hmm. couldn't move. Didn't right. want to say that to James. She said it, yeah, in the back yeah. of the car, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, so Monique, this is gonna be- She knew exactly what she was doing. I don't think she blacked out. Oh no, absolutely not. She, she's, she's, uh, take, so for her blackout means like, like, like what she said, that rush of adrenaline where you're not thinking through what you're doing. That doesn't mean you're blacked out. That just means you're coasting, you're riding your adrenaline. Black, that's not the same thing. Yeah. I agree in, with you. You know, I, I don't, if I agree, adrenaline is very, adrenaline is very powerful. You can do crazy things when you're on an adrenaline high. No, I agree with you, but I do think she did not use the blackout which I think the girls are really taking it literally, which is why uh -huh. they're all like, you're lying. Because yeah. even the fact that she can say she blacked out, but she keeps mentioning different stuff that I happens. Know. It's like, that's I not know. how it would work. You wouldn't even, if you really just blacked out, you'd come back and be like, so what right. just happened? Like, exactly. where am I, you know? Exactly. And she had all that anger. I, I couldn't believe even though when she said like her adrenaline just came down. Because of what? It had to have been like at least like, 
wasn't it five days after the fight at the beginning yes. of the episode? Yes. So it's been like a good amount of time. I know. I don't, I don't, I don't believe that. I think she's probably stopped like waking up every morning thinking about it. You know how something happens and every morning you wake up, you can't believe it happened. Yeah. I think she's probably just starting to come off of that. I agree with, with you. Physical adrenaline. I'm like, okay, no, I don't buy that. And something else that upset me too in last night's episode was watching how they're, I can already see how they're going to twist Karen's words. Because when Karen told Candace that she would press charges, that's, that's asking me, what would you do in that? If that were me in that situation, yes, I would press charges. She's not saying go and press charges on Monique. She's not telling her what she should do. She's saying, what would you do if it were me? I think that's sound advice. I and that's, you. that's not a betrayal on Monique. That's no. just really, if, 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 if Monique were to grab Karen's hair like that, you better believe Karen's going to press charges. I completely agree. I think they're going to try to manipulate her words, say like, oh, she's on both sides. She's playing uh-huh. both teams. But I actually think Karen is being very upfront in the Absolutely. fact that she thinks what happened was really wrong, that she mm-hmm. thinks Monique does need help and needs to talk through this, that yes. she shouldn't be blacking out, and that she also feels bad for Candace, but she said she loves them both. And I think it's weird the way Robin keeps kind of being like, I have an issue with Karen about all this, because I feel like Karen's actually the, being so clear in how she yeah. feels. I Absolutely. don't feel like she's wishy-washy. Well, they're immature. They don't, they're, they're like, they act like they're in high school. They don't understand that you can be someone's friend and also disagree with them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's why they don't get it. They don't, they don't, they've never seen that before because nobody on that show does that. They're either aligned with someone and they blindly follow them, i.e. Robin, how she sticks behind Giselle no matter what, or they're an enemy. I agree. I completely- and that's why I love Karen because that's the type of friend I would want. I would want a friend that said, if you did it to me, I would press charges and you're, you're absolutely wrong. Rather than sitting there saying like, it was fine to do. Like Ashley, what the Ash- fuck? <laughs> Oh my God, I, she infuriates me because she wasn't even there. You, yeah. started the, you started the conversation and then you go to the bathroom and you come back and you're immediately defending Monique. Like what, on what planet? No, but I just love Ashley. Even when they show her going to the bathroom and she's like, no, I didn't know anything was gonna happen. <laughs> I don't think she thought it was gonna get that insane, but she knew the moment, like, um, they were all, when she said those words, how are you girls doing? And she decided to walk away. It was going to cause something. Even in the after show of Potomac, I watch Giselle and Robin are like, cause they're saying how Monique started this. It was Monique's fault that the fight broke out. But actually, if you think about it, it was Ashley. They were all getting ready to go. Mm-hmm. Ashley talked about Michael and her about the mm-hmm. open marriage. And then was like, and by the way, what's up with you two? Like yep. she knew they were drinking. It was gonna get very bad fast. Yep. That's why I say it's all, she knew exactly what she was. She even said it. She was like, oh, well, I'm off the hot seat. Like anything to take the attention off of her and her shitty marriage. I, I, I don't even care about the fact that she started it. It just annoys me that she's defending her right after the fight. And then you don't even need to be at this sit down if you're gonna sit there and defend Monique. Like you need to just be quiet. I, I do. I think she should have taken it more because I feel like she was there probably in some way just to be moral support for Monique in that moment. Yeah. Because she really was, Karen, I felt like was saying both sides, was saying what you, like what I said earlier. But yeah. Ashley was very clear, like, you know, I'm team Monique right mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. Candace needed her ass. But I thought Wendy was the, 
was the most probably diplomatic in a certain way, like the way she was explaining everything. But I also felt like she put, which you kind of touched on in one of your IGTVs, which mm -hmm. I found very interesting. But I did feel, feel like she put a lot of responsibility on Monique when other franchises have done such bad fighting. Right. I mean, Teresa, we have we have Lisa Renna breaking a glass and them getting mm -hmm. in like huge things. There are just so many examples of other shows of them being just beyond disgusting and nasty. And I right. feel like it's not, it's a Bravo thing. You're giving these women so much alcohol. You're putting so much pressure on them to somewhat produce these storylines. This is their like, in a certain way, livelihood. They have to keep it up to make it. And they've all been told like, you know, things in their head while they're drinking. Oh, this person is saying this, this and that. It's right. gonna cause some ruckus. Exactly. So for her to put that on, and then and then the, the irony of it is that she's talking about changing the narrative and talking about how we're being racially stereotyped and you're adding to the problem. Like you're, you're continuing to actually do exactly what they're saying, which is, making it to where only people that behave a certain way are that they are the only ones that deserve to be treated equally or fairly or that they and that we have to be held up to this higher standard because of the color of our skin it's like no it's an equal it's about equality i agree by continuing you're setting us up for this uphill battle and you're perpetuating that cycle it's not our responsibility to change the way that society views us. It's their responsibility. And the way that she's behaving has nothing to do with that because this is the platform. This is the way women on this show, like you said, women in reality TV behave this way in general. So if you want to come after anyone, you should come after just the women's behavior in general. If you want to say, oh, you're perpetuating a negative view on women I on, on, on reality I shows. On women on reality It's shows. not black women. Yeah, Trust I me. I think it's all around like it is the women in these reality shows. I mean, I watch Beverly Hills and I'm like, disgusted by yeah. the way these women choose to interact and choose to take down people. And I think it's, it is just the Bravo kind of idea. That is yeah. what it is. We are Come watching on. a group of friends, but we're also watching, I mean, I remember it was with Nene and I can't, if it was, it wasn't Portia, but it was one of the new girls and Nene was talking to her and she was basically saying like, no one, is walked me through it. No one's gonna walk you through it. Like you have to earn your place here and no one's gonna be nice to you. No one's gonna use like kitty gloves. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's across all Bravo. Like, yep. like Sonia Morgan said, you have to earn your place and you have to like respect your elders or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. you do. So I think it's all a Bravo like sense yes. of reality. It's not absolutely reality. No, absolutely, and absolutely. I But I think it's such an, a great show. I mean, even at the one point, just on a completely different note, but when Robin and Candace meet for like their drinks and cheese. And I love that. Me too. It looked really cute. I thought Candace yeah. was such a beautiful I thought that was girl. sweet. Yeah. And Candace literally looks flawless. Every time she's on screen, her hair, every hair is in place. Her She is a pageant girl, like through and through. Like you can, I love how well put together she is, it's I, beautiful. I love her confessionals. I know, I know, she's, yeah. And, and she does a really good job. the after show, she is wearing this amazing, like, I think it's- The choker, the black choker? Oh my God, it's I my love obsession. It. I, I love it. I literally just watched it a few times just so I could watch it and be like, so can I make that? Where is it from? Will she tag it? She didn't- I love it. That. I'm gonna keep I up on it. I remember seeing that and thinking like, wow, that's that's definitely an iconic choker. Oh, I have to go back as you remember. I'm gonna go stalk her Instagram. 
because I just yeah, you I should. Love it. It's um, a good one. I thought, um, you know, I love with when Way Candace brought up the Robin's um, taxes because I felt like they must have had this discussion off camera because Robin was so like. So like relaxed and chill, like uh huh. Okay, yeah, it's not great. Ninety thousand. Uh huh. You I, could tell that it was something that was like, because if she had really been like slapped in the face with it, she would have been probably upset at Candace for doing that. But it was like, okay, we came over, we talked about your vulnerable stuff, everything that's going on with you, your legal issues. Now it's your turn. It did feel yeah. like that. I felt like it was like like we're taking our turns. We both handled ourselves. Uh huh. We're doing it cute. We're in a. We look beautiful. Let's right. see what happens. I did not care for Robin's wig. What did you feel when she was playing dress up? Did you? Oh no, I don't like her with dark hair at all. I don't either. It, it, there's another clip later on in the season where she has like a curly black wig, and I'm like, no, oh, she. Really, I have to see. I, I like the hair she has now, but I want it longer. I remember she did once like a like right to here, and I think uh -huh. it's in some of the confessionals, and I she just looks beautiful. Yeah, she yeah she looks she looks beautiful. Pretty she's one she has one of those faces where she can pretty much wear whatever but it's all like you like you said the coloring is everything because her eyes are so light, so light and she's so fair it just looks really nice when it's uh lighter hair and there's i didn't even really care for that ponytail she had on last night she had like a really long pony i didn't i didn't really care for Me that either. i don't think robin and giselle always make the best fashion choices no but i think candace does and candace she does always brings it and recently karen Karen. I'm everything Karen's doing. Mm -hmm. Karen has just like really has my heart right now. And I'm just, I'm very much in a Karen mode. Me too. I love her periwinkle suit. A lot of people, they, Giselle was making fun of it, but I loved it. Too. I thought it was a, like so chic and it was so Karen and so cute. Like I loved it. I, I really feel like Karen, especially in the last two seasons, has shown me, you know, she's bringing it. Like, it's mm -hmm. not, we're not getting a fake version of her. No. I mean, one of the things I know it's over, but I like despise about Beverly Hills is it's so produced that I can't mm -hmm. even, I feel like I'm just watching a bad soap opera. Yep. But no matter what, from start to finish, because I'm rewatching all of Potomac, and just Karen was always who she is like actually all of these women they've never changed yeah. to be like ashley's yeah. always been a little sneaky like mm -hmm. they all have always played their games and it's so lovely to see that it's just really continued totally and especially once karen let go of the whole etiquette thing because in the beginning so the potomac was originally supposed to be jack and jill moms have you heard of jack and jill or you've heard of that yeah, but I, I just heard that it was supposed okay. to just be. I'm just yeah. feel like I'm getting all this insight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jack and Jill is, you know, it's it's for mostly for women of color and it's just about etiquette and like just of society in the black community in Potomac. And that was supposed to be the premise of the show. So I feel like that's why in the pilot and a lot in the first season, it was all about etiquette and how she's the grand dame. And she was teaching Ashley that she needed to, you know, be, behave a certain way in order to get accepted into the, so I feel like once they transitioned and they, cause they didn't know that it was going to be a real housewives show for a while because Jack and Jill basically declined for them to use their name or whatever in the title. So once they switched it into a housewife thing and they kind of moved away from the etiquette, I feel like that's when Karen really started to become more likable. Cause she didn't feel like she had to push that agenda so much for the storyline. 
I agree with you. And I did not realize, because I heard about the um, Jack and Jill, but I did not make the connection between the whole idea of etiquette. And now it makes so much sense why they were all always kind of talking about how you yes. behave and how even Giselle made the comment about how she's the first lady and this is yeah. how to be. Although Giselle, I think it was last week saying that, you know, she can't be around this because of her image. Oh my God. <laughs> little laughing moment for all of us it was it was like thank you for that Giselle yeah. thank you we needed a little like you know it's been really heated in here uh-huh uh-huh a moment to kind of be like oh you Giselle uh-huh it's like really you're you're that okay it's funny if you're really actually that delusional it's actually really funny I was watching uh the Bravo chat room last night did you see oh, right after I didn't oh. watch last night's but I, I know the show I'm gonna watch last night's tonight okay so I was watching it and Portia was saying how she loved seeing you know that side of Karen and Karen is just so sweet when she met her in person and she was just like was giving her so much advice about Dennis and like how you know encouraging her and then Giselle's like, oh, well, you must have seen the fake side of Karen. Karen has many sides. And I'm like, why is Giselle so dead set on convincing the audience that Karen is fake and phony? I'm like, she's shown us everything that she is. She's shown us her marriage. She's shown us her family, her farm, everything. Like, what else? What's like, just because you don't get along with Karen doesn't mean she's fake. You're fake. I know. I agree with you. But I think that <laughs> Giselle projects. I think Giselle exactly. Absolutely. is so Monique. Monique. Yes. I think she saw... Monique's life, how Monique yes. was like, kind of had a, a tough upbringing, but was able to still be very like elegant and very like, I think even like rise above it, not elegant. I didn't, that's not the right word, but I mean like Monique's ideology, it wasn't kind of like living in that kind of right. space, like what her pastor said, she yeah. was like rise through. Right. And I think like Giselle, who has also been hit with kind of hard times, maybe felt like, you know, Monique was able to get sort of a life that she should have had. Yeah. So yeah. the way I feel like Dorinda on Housewives with Tinsley. Absolutely. Absolutely. Where I don't really feel like in certain ways I look at their lives parallel, but I feel like these women look at these kind of younger ladies as almost who they should have right. been. But maybe I'm wrong. It might be more. No, you're absolutely. They, Giselle, Monique, like you said, Monique has, and that's why I feel like Giselle and Ashley get along because Ashley doesn't have what Monique wants. Well, Ashley doesn't have what Giselle wants. I agree with you. I think Ashley is not somebody who Giselle threat competition. Yeah, exactly. And then Robin as well. Robin's man is cheating on her. She she can't get along with women that she sees as a, as competition, which is actually really sad. And so it, I thought it was funny whenever they were walking in during the parade and Ashley's like asking her for advice about Michael, like telling her, you know, how she's changed throughout the marriage. And Giselle, you know, I'm like, you're going to the wrong one for advice about infidelity. Like Giselle is, it's like funny to me that she's actually talking to Giselle about like advice in her marriage. But, you know, it was humbling. I, it was nice to see Giselle, you know, in that way even talking about it because typically if anything even has to do with her at all she just will shun the conversation away so the fact that it was like ashley was coming to her for advice that at least made it known that okay we all know that you're living with a husband that has cheated on you multiple times what's it like well how did you get through it you know but i thought actually ashley in that scene i really liked her i liked sorry i liked how she phrased everything i thought she was very articulate but very like 
how she chose to phrase everything, you know, when she was saying about Karen and Ray, but relating it more to Mike and her. her. Yeah. And even how she chose to approach Giselle, I thought, I felt like Ashley has kind of grown in a certain No, she has, yeah. And I like seeing Ashley sort of progress because in the beginning, I did not care for her and I found her too much of a troublemaker. And then I found that I felt like for a few seasons, she just kind of became Giselle and Robin's like whatever kind of they were feeling, she would yeah. also represent that. And I didn't like that. Yeah. And now I feel Ashley's a little bit getting more of her own voice. But yeah. Giselle, to what you were saying, Giselle has moments where I feel you do see what, like Monique said, you see First Lady Giselle. Yes. You can see her, how like knowledgeable she is, how caring she is, even how warm she can be and how smart she is. But then her nastiness sometimes, it just ripples through. And for somebody so beautiful, you would think like she could sometimes be a little bit nicer, especially in the way when she knows, like when she was at the church and she's like, I'm shocked Karen was going through all this. And I was thinking, why? She's been telling you for like two years. Mm how sad and depressed she is I know. and why is it now at the church you're finally like oh Karen were you not doing well if she were to really open up and talk about like what it was like to like have this person that you love and be pregnant with and just talk about it more that would actually turn the tides a lot in her favor but no one can relate to someone that is clearly in pain but they don't want to go there because we're all in pain you're not the only one that's suffering. So if you just let us open up your suffering and let us up, and that's why I feel like Karen was so special in this episode because she let us in to what was going on. And we knew as the audience, we knew all along, but for her to display it and also in front of Giselle, I mean, can you imagine the vulnerability that took for her to do that in front of Giselle of all people? No. When they were getting in the car and Ray refused to say, I love you. Back. Oh my God. And- and Giselle's making her side comments like Ray doesn't even want um, um, Karen here. And I just thought watching Karen in that moment, how she smiled, how she still in the car was like, oh my God, I'm so excited. I know. I, that's when I really was like, no, you are the strongest woman. I know. You deserve a medal. Mm-hmm. I hope at the reunion, everyone gives you your crown. You are the They will. Strongest. I think they will. I hope they, I think they will. deserves it. But Do you think that they are going to last, her and Ray? I don't know, because for a while, I kind of thought, oh, maybe Karen. I feel bad for this. But originally, when Karen first kind of talked about the marriage stuff, because for so long, it was such a non-issue, I yeah. felt this was for the show. Mm-hmm. So I kind of was like, oh, Karen's busy with work. She's just saying this for like, you know, to create some drama because yeah. her kids aren't here right now, you know, that kind of thing. But then watching him in the, these last season and seeing how he's reacting to her, she is so beautiful. She's so talented. I know. She really is somebody who I think like, you know, could go around the world and give like lectures and like kind of talk people through stuff. I think she's very charismatic. And I think she could find somebody very fast, but she does seem to be so in love with him. Mm-hmm. She does not seem to be in love with her. I know. It and I'm like, why? What Shannon. else do you want? I know. But doesn't it a little bit remind you how Shannon, what was her husband? Why? Oh I- yeah, David. David. When, how he would treat her sometimes on camera and I would be shocked. I was like, I know. they know there are cameras. I know. Like, Ray could at least pretend. 
when he oh. said, I know going way back, but in that, in, in that session, um, that he didn't know if he loved her. Mm-hmm. I know. Ah. The fact that she even was able to hold it together as long as she did before she got upstairs. I mean, I, I, what do you, when, you, when your husband's sitting there saying that, like, oh my God, that's devastating. That's the last thing you ever want to hear. Ever. And he kind of keeps saying stuff like, it's like, yeah, that's how I feel. Like, it's like no big deal. And I keep thinking, does he not realize how much his words are gonna like, even if he still loves her, but on camera, you know, he's just being weird and kind of being, but she's always been comfortable on camera. So I can't mm -hmm. think it's that. Yeah. But he has to realize like, everyone's gonna see this and like how much more that's gonna hurt her. Cause she had to live through it. And now she has to, you know, see on TV. I know. How like not loving he has been to her this whole season. Oh, and he used to, he used to love her so much. I'll well, never forget that they showed that clip of her when they were out of town and she had her cornrows and he's like, "Oh, my newbie and queen." I was like, "Yes, that's how you want your man to answer the phone when you come on the screen, my newbie and queen." Yeah, and he like would always be so like she's so beautiful in the little party they would do and how he's always was like her ride or die. I don't know if this has to do with the money, but it like the what was didn't he have the tax issue? Yeah. But they seem still good the season after. I feel like it was only last season I started to a little bit notice. Oh, it's and maybe there was like a slight change in dynamic because she had to put her money out and there was never really a time before that that she was the one that had to sort of save them. Yeah. So maybe that changed a lot, like his ego or, you know, the fact that, you know, he's supposed to be the black Bill Gates, yet that Karen's having to spend half of her life savings or whatever to like bail them out. So maybe there's still some residual left over from that. Maybe, but I would like to think men and women are separate yet equals. I would love to think that. He should I would love like, to think that. You know, she's gonna take care of me now, but then like I'm gonna I know. and be this amazing person. I know, but we've seen it happen before on so many times in these franchises where the woman's playing a certain role and then they get on the show and they get their fame, they get their money. Like it happened with Nene when Nene and Greg divorced because oh. he, he met her in the strip club. She's a law, he was a lawyer. So that there is that dynamic, the I call it the the pretty woman dynamic. Oh, I like then, it. <laughs> you know, and then and then it shifts, and then they don't know how to be in the relationship in that way. Unfortunately, because I you would hope that, like Ashley said, that you can grow and evolve and change and still be able to make it work. But some people are so dead, especially because Ray is so much older than her. He's even more set in his ways and the way that he views the world. That a lot of times when people get to that point, there's really no changing their yeah, mind. Yeah, like there's, I do agree. They're, they're not going to change. They're stuck in their ways. I mean, with Ashley and Michael, that has so many layers to it. I mean, I do think she is fully aware they have an open marriage. I just think they must have had a rule. Never, like you have to make sure you're never caught. So when mm -hmm. he's getting caught, I feel like she's like, so now you're getting punished. Mm -hmm. But with so I feel like Ashley and Michael might be able to make it work because I think they found something that they just don't want to share with the world. Even though Ashley is very open, I feel with this one part, the little information she is giving it to yes. me, it's so confusing. And I feel like there's so Thank much you. More. I like, have literally said this so many times on every podcast. They're like, what do you think and about this? Do you think that it's a three? I'm like, I think that they don't want us to know. I think they have an agreement and she's using the whole, oh, we hooked up with someone at David Get a concert as like sort of a distraction away from the, 
because there's shame around it, especially in the black community. There's a, and even you know what you can see on Beverly Hills. There's a lot of shame around having different arrangement in marriages, which I think is stupid because you should do whatever works for yeah. your you yeah. Know, but I think I definitely think, and they were they they always even from the beginning when she came on the show, they were calling her thoughtish and saying her hair looked like a bush and wanting to put her in this slut shaming kind of box like they did Erica Jane just because it's someone that you're not necessarily used to. So I think that even because of that, she kind of kind of created this sort of barrier around her marriage and not wanting to let them know exactly what goes on in her marriage. And I definitely think that she is okay with the arrangement that they have set up. And because of the storyline, like you said, she has to create some sort of punishment and create it to where, oh, okay, well, if this happens again, this is gonna be in the prenup or the postnup or whatnot. And it's not the be, it's like you said, it's not what he did, it's the exposure of it. That wasn't a part of the agreement. I agree. I think that they seem to me, which in this day and age, you would think at this point, honestly, it wouldn't even be an issue, but they seem like a very like fluid couple. They've always yes. seen that way. She yes. always seemed very comfortable with that. I think she knows that Giselle, I feel like pretty much all the ladies, maybe Monique might not be, but I feel like all the ladies might judge her for that. But in this day and age, I mean, I think it's so obvious that they have that, that at this point, I don't even know why she's she's acting like she's so honest and open because she's kind of reminds me of Chloe Kardashian. Mm. Yeah. She always pretends, like Chloe always pretends like she's so open with us. Like she's the most open, she's so real. We didn't know about Lamar. We didn't know about Rob. They were living with her. She had a whole series that we watched and did not yep. know. And at that time, she told us she was being 100% honest. And I feel Ashley sometimes does that. She does. She is so real to a certain extent. But she also is amazing at hiding so many things that, like, we have nothing, know nothing about her life. Yeah. No, that's so true. That's so real. I, I get that from her. I totally agree. That's exactly the vibe. Because I don't really enjoy trying to, like, get in there in the nitty gritty and figure out exactly what's going on there because she knows what she's doing and it's why do I care if she doesn't care she doesn't care because they, yeah. they're working it out and what you said about Chloe when I, I read Lamar's book the stuff that he wrote in that book that went down in that house I could not believe that they were able to paint the picture that they painted on that show like wait please tell me I should have read his book oh my god I have not read it yet what did Literally, he say so you know how he had that loft downtown like he had to get the loft because he was doing so much crack in the house. Like she would go and knock on the door to go in there and just see what's going on down there. And he would be like him and his friend, you know, the guy that OD'd? Yeah. He would, they would be passed out, cracked out cocaine and strippers and stuff in her home. I thought it was at the second place. So they No, it was there was like there was an instance in the home. And that's why he ended up getting the second place because basically it was kind of like, okay, well, if you're gonna do your drugs and at least like don't do them here. When she yeah, the stuff that she said that went down in the whatever basement or whatever room they have in that home where he would do his drugs with his friend is I can't believe that they were able to because that's why they had to cancel the show. Because I and I remember was, when they even introduced the apartment and I was like, that's interesting why do they have and it wasn't even like a it was such a little apartment it was so interesting like that that friend was always around I definitely feel that family we 
they're as real as like um, J-Lo's I'm Real song. Like we know nothing as well about the Kardashians. Right, exactly, exactly. And the saddest part about Lamar is that like he was more of a sex addict than he was even a, a crack cocaine addict. The, the, he said that the coke, the, the crack and the coke fueled his sex addiction because he could go all night. He could just like have sex like one after another. And so it really was the sex thing for him, more so than the drugs. Interesting. Why didn't he take that pill, that older gentleman? Like I don't know. He said the first time he ever did coke, he went, he did a line. There was a white couple at a pool party and they gave him a line of coke. And then the woman pulled his pants down and gave him head. And he said in that moment, he just like loved the combination of like orgasming while on coke. Interesting. I know. Okay, now, so now I really have to it's really, it. It's really, like, it's it's really interesting. He, I mean, you, obviously we know he had like a really rough childhood, like growing up in the, in the streets and stuff, but poor Chloe. I mean, she can't, now she got Tristan and just all sorts. She can't, I mean, she yeah. must, I don't know what is her, is her picker off or is that just what is out there when it comes to ballers, when it comes to ball players? I don't know, because according to Robin, that's the lifestyle. I yeah. mean, Chris seems so cool. I mean, Chris, even in this episode, I thought he's so cute the way he keeps bringing up how much he misses the other Chris. I know, I know. I just want my friend back. I just I want know. my friend. Can I he's like, Mo He's like, Monique, just fix it, please. Just please fix this. I, I thought he was just so cute. And even him, I was watching sort of his reaction during the pastor's um, comments, and you could just see, like, he was so worried and hurt for his wife and all he wanted to do was protect her. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, you know, that's beautiful. And when she did break down and say that she didn't deserve it, I, I saw a sense of relief on her, on his, on his face. Like, okay, thank God. Well, because I think he, I mean, throughout, I feel like he thought what she was doing was wrong. Was, right. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like he kind of kept saying in different ways to her, like, this was not good in any way. And like, you need to apologize. Like, you know, uh -huh. I know he does care about his image, but I also feel like Chris, from all the time she's ever talked to him, he's just a very, like, level-headed, but he also, I feel like he's very black and white. Like, it's right, it's wrong. Like, if you did this wrong thing, you apologize, you move on. Mm -hmm. Kind of, that's at least how I've gotten to him. I feel like he doesn't really go in the grays, but maybe I'm wrong. I need more time with Chris. Yeah, he, I feel, I go back and forth with him because I'm like, he could help his wife out a lot by allowing her to be fully who she wants to be. He like wants to force her to play this role. Like, like, like she said, she just, he just wants her to be barefoot in the kitchen, cooking and making babies. And that contributes to, like she said, that stress that she feels that leads up to, you know, these explosions. So I think if anything, that would be a big help being like, look, I support you, not just financially, but emotionally support you in whatever you want to do. I do agree. I do think one of the reasons Monique is having a harder season is one I think like which I don't I've never been pregnant so I could be wrong I feel like maybe she's having like post um like tra like traumatic whatever. yeah I could see that yeah from it but I also think like she also just seems from her marriage she's mentioned it now for two seasons she feels unheard she yeah. feels really like bogged down she feels because she doesn't have nannies she feels really like everything's always on her and yeah. she is such a strong woman I feel like we were watching her deteriorate and that mm -hmm. fight was more about her screaming, not just about the ladies, but also about her marriage, about her yep. frustrations. Like, I feel like she need, like she wants to scream and she needs almost like a break from yeah. everything, yeah. but she doesn't know how to get her voice out. I right. mean, my sister and I are convinced um, Ch Chichala is, uh, um, is like, a, um, what's it called? Uh, 
what are those animals you get like um that therapist sometimes recommends? oh like an emotional support yeah so um milana and i were we said this on a past one like we kind of think that might be why she has it just because she seems i can see that yeah going through so much and every time it feels like it gives her a sense of peace yeah yeah but again i can totally see that i can I, totally see that i hope monique because i feel like we're gonna get a crazier version of her into the season At can, it get, can it get any crazier is you think it's gonna get even worse well don't wait and the, did you watch the upcoming right for the for the next half yeah but okay. she wasn't in a lot of that you're right she wasn't in as much as i expected but isn't there as um there was no scenes between her and candace i know next week is the lawsuit right it's gonna come out yes yes yes, yes and then we have the big fight between um chris and michael right. and karen and uh, not karen chris and michael and candace and ashley ashley right you're right we don't have i don't know why i thought i, I thought there was something between monique i think i'm thinking of that yeah, because I think she's not really doing a lot of filming for the rest of the, the rest of the season. Do you think right after that they cut her off, kind of? I heard that it was her choice, that they asked her, like, did she want to, they, they gave her the option to come on the cast trip. And she was like, look, I don't want anyone to feel uncomfortable. So she chose not to go on the cast trip or any, like, group. She's basically only going to film by herself if she's there. She's not going to film anymore. Yeah, I saw her on one-on-ones, like, with one of the girls. Yeah. And I saw a couple of that. I think you're right, actually. I just thought there was some, I think... I don't know what I'm thinking of. Maybe I'm just pre-getting excited for the reunion. As I was going to say, I think the reunion will be the next time that we yeah. really get to see Monique because by the time the reunion comes, she's going to be coming from the space that she's at right now, which is still mad, mad deflecting, angry, not showing any remorse. So that's going to be interesting. I'm so excited. Do you think, because um, did you, do you ever watch the after shows of Potomac? I just watched this one from the last one where she had on the choker. So did, um, did in that one was, cause I watched a few, um, they, um, Monique was saying how, what was it in it? Um, hold on, sorry, I lost my thought, but it was in the after show. I, oh, Monique, they were talking about if Monique was the one that leaked the, th the, um, the fight to the blogs. Did you see that one? Oh yeah, I did. It's and interesting. How, go ahead, what were you, yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. It was interesting how in it, Monique is saying she's not the one who leaked it, but she did tell like these di three different people and that one of them was the one that leaked it. So it is kind of like, she, it was like what yeah, they, like what she they said. But, she tried to be like, oh, I didn't reach out to the blog specifically and tell them, but I mean, hello, what do you think is going to happen? I thought these ladies, they're so good at making it like, it's not me, this was a sign. I know, I know. Do you think that Candace would have pressed charges if her mom wasn't like so adamant about her doing so? I don't know, actually, because I feel like one, it was kind of a bonding moment for her mother and her. It was kind of yeah. like them finally having where it's not about, you know, the wedding or their own kind of really intense yeah sometimes kind of feisty relationship as well i mean the yeah. bag we all know what happened. oh my god it's so toxic that that relationship is bad so i feel like with her mom being so there for her flying out and being like no what she did was wrong like you're my baby we're gonna yeah. fight like this is a monster i feel like it kind of put in candace's head like no i should and i bet 
I bet Giselle and Robin, because Giselle kept saying it throughout the episode, I would press charges. I think they both were like, you should be pressing charges. She's crazy. Like, look what she just did. She's going to mm-hmm. do it again, you know? But, I mean, Candace did almost do a knife last season to Ashley. So I feel like there have been some... I don't think that. I don't think she should press charges. It's, you know, it's just... It adds more layers and it gives Monique more of an excuse to be like, look, she's trying to put a black woman in jail. Like, why would she try to, you know, give me a record and take me away from my kids? It gives Monique more of an excuse to victimize herself. Yeah, I do think it is a bit of, it could be used as ammunition, but I also just feel like it was more to just keep the fight going and hang on to that anger for both of them. Because didn't yeah. after Candace, Monique did one to Candace? Or no, was it just, I thought I heard, but I could be wrong. So maybe I, I maybe haven't heard. I've just heard that her she's pressing. Do not agree with me, but okay, okay, I okay. had heard that maybe Monique had done something back, and I was like, "Are they just like throwing right now, just jabs and right back and forth?" But I am so curious because Candace just seems to really keep saying and saying she can't understand where this is coming I know, from. I know. So I really hope at the reunion, they just break this fourth wall and just yes. what happened and how each and everything that led up to her having this reaction. Yes, because it's very confusing because watching that scene with Robin and how much Candace was affected, how much she was crying, I would be that way too. Like if it, the way that she paints it, like, oh, this is my friend. We got into a fight and she's happy that she did this. That would affect me in that way. But then like you said, when you know everything surrounding it, it makes it so confusing. So confusing because all I keep thinking about is like, but if you guys plan this almost a year or more ago at Andy's birthday party, right? how can you not think that this girl, I mean, imagine already the mind fuck that that would cause that you would know for all these seasons, something big is coming for you for your next upcoming season. You don't know exactly what it was. And that the girl that you thought was your closest friend is maybe not really involved, but is not telling you. Mm-hmm. I do, the more I think about it, like, I'm like, okay, I guess you would, I would never beat somebody up because of that. I just wouldn't talk to them anymore. Right, exactly. But, you know, Monique seems to be in such a bad place. Like, I feel like Dorinda and Monique this season yeah. kind of showed us, you know, maybe they both need a little rest and then they can come right back. Exactly. This is what happens when you have a lot of stuff on your plate and you're also not a person that's willing to work on your stuff and actually look at it. Because it's fine to have like all this stuff going on and you're working through it. It makes for great TV. But when you're like deflecting, the deflection is very hard for viewers to watch. I agree. I, and I think it's, it makes it even like, not, just not even seem like un- unauthentic, but it's also you just are, it feels like a waste of time. And I feel at exactly point, as such big fans of Bravo's. Um, like most people who really watch it, who are analyzing and are really yeah. and passionate, we can see when they're faking us with yes. the storyline. I mean, yes. Beverly Hills is the perfect example. I feel like for the last two seasons, fans have seen just how manipulated, like the show is just so produced, it's not even real anymore. Right. And I just hope the other shows don't start to do that. I just have a few little more things. I wanted to know your thoughts on um, Below Deck because I know you just started it. Yes, yes. So I just finished Below Deck. So the finale is this, this, this tonight, right? It's going to be tonight, yeah. 
Okay, I'm looking forward to that. We're gonna have to have you on again, like deep down. Yes, 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 yes. So I just, you know, I wanna like her because I, I relate, you know, I get it. Like you meet this guy, you're all about it, but she is unhinged. She is a crazy ex-girlfriend, the crazy girlfriend. And it makes sense that she does Muay Thai because she got a lot of anger that she needs to get out of her system somewhere besides on another human being in a fight. And I feel sorry, poor Rob. I feel like he, he was following his sort of instinct and he felt that chemistry with her, but he had no idea what he's, he was getting into. And I hate that he's sort of flip-flopping on her, you know, and kind of, and she's all confused and stuff. But he doesn't need to go to Bali. I think he needs to go ahead and cancel that trip and just call it a day. Call it a boat fling and leave it at that. I completely agree. I think that Rob should not go to Bali. I feel like the fight, imagine if on the like airplane, a steward is asking for his drink. Jess will freak out and be like, how dare you? I know. This is my man. Don't you ask him for that drink. And it's thing is, it's like, I feel bad for Jess because I am like that. Like I'm very jealous too. But her outburst, it's like she doesn't have a filter. Like, you got you to gotta hold it in and, like, play your cards right. You know what I mean? But yeah. she just gives it all away. She's like, I'm pissed, this bitch. And then you make, you just, like, you just make yourself look so bad. And then he's going to end up looking better anyway because you're acting so crazy. I agree. And that's not to be said. I do think Jess is coming off as, like, very crazy. But, like, if Jess was a little bit more hinged, I feel like we would see that Rob is a flirt. Like he is with anyone or anything. And, and Aisha's so bubbly and oh my god! Like she going when they when they had that day in the town together, they were spending the whole. I would get if my dude was spending a whole afternoon with another girl licking the ice cream cone. Do not lick. Yeah. No, don't offer my man a lick of your cone. That would piss me off. Right? I agree with you. I would not want like. Isha, the thing is, because I love Isha, like, she is so cute and bubbly, and if you watch her in her first season, you'll really get to see that is just her. She's just very, She's just like, like that way. Everyone, yeah. With everyone, though. It's That's what not, I figured. So, and because she doesn't feel as close to the people on this boat, you're only getting to see her kind of shine, I think, because she does connect with Rob. Right. So, and they are flirty. I think they're completely flirty. I would not want my boyfriend going and, like, Licking, or even when he, how he was with the guests, when he's like, I can't even think in front of you. And I just right, yeah, kind of listen that. to that and be like, hey, no, 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 man. Like, you should right. be you know, only thinking about this thing right here, me. Exactly, exactly. But I do think that just, like, when you choose to date somebody, you do have to know then, like, if you choose to date a flirt, you have to know they're just going to flirt with everything and everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you have to kind of have enough self-awareness, like, yes. or, or enough kind of, what is it like confidence to know like they chose to be with you if they're gonna flirt they're gonna flirt but then if they're your man they're your man i wouldn't have gone i would have gotten more upset about what you said if i would have seen the footage of them with the ice cream and kind of being so flirty that would have gotten me mad you see she has nowhere to put her arms yeah that was so petty that was so weird for her to freak out about the butt thing because you even they keep re-showing and her arm almost looks like it's like not even like it's not even touching anything it's just in the area yeah so i was like jess come on you're gonna push them together like yeah exactly 
Um, I don't think they actually really have, I don't think they like each other. So I don't think it would work. But in a real situation, if the girl keeps pointing and keeps saying, oh, you guys, eventually they might just look at each other and be like, okay, let's try it. Exactly. And that's what I mean. Like she doesn't know how to like really assess the situation because she feels this jealousy and it's coming from a lot of different reasons. Like everything we just mentioned with the way yeah. he is with the guests and everything. But then she chooses to explode on the one thing that's not worth her reaction. And the one girl, like that, like, right. like the coolest girl, if you're going to explode on anyone, right. somebody else, like this girl will be your ride or die. She's so right. fun. She is very mellow and she doesn't take things seriously. So I feel like even the way she keeps getting so mad at her and it kind of just keeps going past, you know? I know, I know. Yes, you're not reading the person. I this know. isn't like, it's not like Hannah who's going to give you like, she's just not like that. She's very bubbly. Yes. And she's threatened by that because a lot of girls know that guys like girls like that. They like girls that are carefree and easy and she's yeah. not. So she's threatened by seeing a girl like that interact with her dude. I agree. Cause I think in the beginning she wanted to seem like she was very like, oh, yes. Like, Oh my God. Yeah. I'm just like, like here. I'm so Go with the flow. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, no, I am not. <laughs> like I will, I will kill you if you do anything. I honestly think though, they're just <gasps> to live together with us also like, like, yeah. it needed. You and it's no, there's not even worth it. Like, just go in there and hook up. That's, you yeah. don't need to live together in that small. In no, that's so small. It's but so tiny. I do. I read a meme that was like Rob and it was saying like every time he goes up to a person, he'll be like, hey, did you know I was a model? And do you want to know I'm a model? And then now I can't stop watching the show without hearing him say that like a lot throughout it. <laughs> he does, yeah. He does bring it up a lot. I'm trying to get out of it though, because his mom put him into it. Rob is so interesting. He seems like what, like very tortured. Yeah, there's a tortured soul. He's going through it. Like he needs to go to Bali alone. Yes. And look within. I love when is it Alex? Is it Alex who says yes like, to go to in Indonesia? Oh, yeah. Like that's in ba that is where Bali is. <laughs> I love Jesse. He's great. I He's actually, so sweet. He actually made me because you haven't watched past seasons yet, right? No, I haven't. So I didn't love like Bugsy, but because she's from. And I love okay. Um, But Bugsy this season, Alex was like, I actually like you guys. I'm into it. Yeah, I was into it too. I like how endearing. It's so super sweet that he's like pursuing her. And yeah. Like, I didn't care for how she is always to him. I think sometimes she's a little mean. But she you is. Know, it does seem to keep him around. So he likes it. You know? It's like, yeah, I mean, you do it for as long as they like it. And then once yeah. he stops liking it, then it's like, okay, girl, do you want it or do you not want it? <laughs> I hope they're together. I feel like they're not. But I do. No. I don't think so. I think that was for TV. Yeah, that, that would have been a one couple that I would have liked to see, though. Me too. I think they really actually would have been a really cute couple in real life. I know yeah. they're not, but I would have loved that. But because you kind of have watched the season, what do you think of the whole, like, Sandy, Malia? Do you feel like they conspired to get Kiko off and Hannah? Oh, man. So when I first started watching the show, and I the first sort of conflict that I saw was Hannah and that girl. What's her name? Lena? She got kicked off very yeah, early yeah. on. She's a total fucking bitch. Awesome. I was like, oh my God. And that made me love Hannah. Because I was like, yes, thank you. Tell that bitch. Because she was giving Hannah so much attitude for no reason. So I immediately was like, yes, love Hannah. Love her. And then I didn't have a problem with Malia because I was like, oh, that's cool. Like she's moving into this new level of leadership that she has. And the men are, you know, she's in a position where it's typically men driven. As opposed to the other women that are more of the stewardess yeah. and stuff like that. And then seeing when I saw that happen 
I don't know that Sandy was involved. I think that it was Malia that she, I don't think that, I don't feel that Sandy was involved. I think that it was Malia. See, I, I have, I don't know, I have so many thoughts because you also have to watch because you haven't seen Malia when she was on originally. No. So you have so many people to catch up with and kind of who they I are. Know, I know, I know, I know. Because it's layered. But I feel like with Malia and Sandy, I used to think Bugsy was involved. Now I don't. I, I feel like Malia, Sandy, and production had a bit of a talk somehow and kind of decided to, like, get rid of Kiko. Like, I don't know. It just feels like he was pushed out and so was Hannah. And I think the main thing was to get actually Hannah out. And I yeah. felt like they just, Sandy has been over Hannah. I think Bravo and Bravo fans love Hannah. So I feel like that's why she keeps coming kind of back. Yeah. But if you watch past seasons, what Hannah has done in past seasons will make this season, you're like, that's what she got fired for. Like, uh, she has done some stuff where you're like, okay, they should have fired her years ago. But right. she's the character. She's like, Kate, do you watch Below Deck yet? No, but I know I've been watching Kate on, uh, okay. uh, what you call it, chat room. So Kate is amazing. But She's like, great, yeah. Hannah is the Kate of, you know, Below Deck Met. Yes. So, but Hannah will do some crazy stuff and they never fired her. So for her to get fired for the reason she uh, did, even in the past when other castmates have had like drugs per se or medicine that was not identified and this is not how it was handled. It's so weird to me. So I sense. can't watch it. And then like without thinking, did Sandy and Malia do something weird here? But then the way Tom has come in and kind of has been a shit show, I'm like, would they have wanted this though? Right, right. Oh my <laughs> God, Tom. not make Tom look good. He's a fucking bitch, man. He's so mean. I can't stand him. Right, and Malia's so sweet to him. She's always being like honey and babe and kissing on him and being so supportive. And he's just like a brat. No, and I know like chefs and artists per se, you know, they have a lot of yeah. passion, but he seems to not like, he no. seems to get so angry so fast. And it's so weird to me. Now, again, if once you start watching this, you're going to see all the chefs are crazy. Like okay. Kiko was one of the first nicest oh, chefs. He was so sweet. So sweet. We've never seen a chef like that. That was one of really? my, I've never seen it on the show. The chefs will go crazy. But that's what's also insane. That Kiko got fired for what he did when you watch past seasons of what these chefs did and they didn't get, like some, some of them didn't. Yeah, like, interesting. Didn't get fired, you're like, why did this happen the way it did? Like something. Right. And now I'm so upset because with the reunion after everything you saw that Sandy said about Malia. Mm -hmm. And they're not even ever going to address it. Right. That, oh my God, that infuriated me. Because when they were on Watch What Happens Live, it was pre-recorded. They didn't address yeah. it. And, and that's what everyone wants to hear about. I know. And I wish you would at least then have them back on or do something like, yeah. a, like a live or something where he's like, we're going to sit down and really discuss because I've already heard Sandy and Malia are back on next season. Uh, so, okay. And I bet it's going to be Bugsy. So I bet it's going to be yeah. Sandy, Malia and Bugsy who are officially back. Yeah. But Malia seemed really hurt by what Sandy said. That's what I was going to say. Like, so how does that work with, with their alliance? If she's I have saying no clue. I'm so confused. And I, I just, I feel like Sandy 
might have thought she was being cute and i feel like she has a small little crush on the crush i was gonna say that she's hoping that she's gay so that they can hook up that's what i'm thinking because she just every time tom and malia would be around sandy just seemed like you guys need to separate Uh uh-huh she's like don't go in the alley alley. you come be near me you don't go near him right right (laughs) yeah yeah and it just he's like don't help him yeah I've never seen her like that before. And I just feel like she just seems to have a lot of jealousy issues. Interesting. No, that makes sense. That does make a lot of sense. That's Well, that was the, one of the things that confused me the most is the fact that she said those things about her because it did seem like they were on the same side. And then that happened and I was like, okay, now I'm confused. I was too. And then when I was, I wasn't first informed that Watch What Happens Live wasn't live. So when I was watching it, I was like, what? is happening and then i remember reading later that night that it wasn't live and i was so upset because the whole time watching us like they seem so good they're not even addressing and what was a little weird to me and again i get that it was they're saying it's pre-recorded they addressed the fact that malia and tom broke up which came out the same time the cameo came out so how was the cameo missed i read those in the same like over the same two days i read about that right weird everyone's telling me it was after the fact but i still think they just chose not to talk about it yeah i mean who knows it could have been it could have been either one but you're right if it they happen if both of those came out so close to each other then you would think that so close it was like around like literally the same time like malia announced that she was single she did something like she's 30 and single and then then it became it came out that he might be cheating on her and then like i swear within that same little time period the cameo came out and i was like what is happening wow that's why i was so excited for watch what happens live. right right get down to it it's exciting and then when he's like before we start i need to ask you one thing and that was all he asked her about the cheating and I waited till the end and I was like, did I, did I like mess it? <laughs> was it like Sopranos where nope. it went out? Right, right, right. <laughs> well, um, do you have any like fun upcoming things that are happening? with uh, any Bravo stuff you're excited about? Well, I'm excited for Salt Lake City. I can't wait to see that one. It's a new city. I don't know much about it besides, you know, Lauren from Utah and Katie Maloney. I watched um, Sister Wives. I've seen every episode of Sister Wives. Oh, is it good? Should I be watching Sister Wives? No, it's not good. It's not good. It's just one of those shows that like, they have so many seasons and so many, they've been on for like 12 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's a show that like, there was a period of time where I, I, it was like my sort of go to sleep show where you just kind of watch it in bed. It was like that show. I have have fun. Yes. Right now it's How I Met Your Mother. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, so it's like one of those ones where you don't mind if you miss it. Yeah, and- you can yeah. just put it on. <laughs> exactly. It was like that for me for a large chunk of time. I mean, it took me a while to get through all of it. But I just, um, it's super comforting because it's not glamorous at all. Like, they literally live in, like, the middle of nowhere. And it's just their little drama between the wives and the one husband. So, anyway, that's sort of my frame of reference when it comes to Utah. So, I'll be interested to see the other. Yeah, I want to see it, too. Mine is, did you ever watch that show, Big Love? No, that's a scripted one, right? It's on HBO? Okay, yeah, no, I haven't seen that one. (laughs) I was 
really into that show. And I'm that's what I keep using as mine. I'm like, okay, okay. Like big love. Are we gonna get a little of those vibes? Right. But from the women I'm seeing, I feel like no. <laughs> no, definitely not. You definitely will not be getting those vibes at all. <laughs> but I'm so excited to meet them. I mean, I have an obsession right now with Mary. I want to know. Mm -hmm. I want to know so much. So much. I just want to really, I, I, I wish the first episode would honestly just be like, let's dissect her life. Almost like. I know. I know. And the Jen girl seems really cool too. Jen seems so cool. And Lisa. I like yeah. Lisa too. I'm excited. I yeah, feel it, like I already want them in my lives. You know, like I'm ready for them. I yeah, especially with, or like, are you watching Orange County? Are you going to cover it? Are you? Well, I think we, I don't know if we're going to cover it just, but we are going to watch it. We're still debating exactly how we feel, but if there's anything, you know, that we feel is really something to dissect that's yeah relevant, but we don't want to give it so much attention because I do feel like that show has been on its last leg for a while. Yeah. And right now, but how are you feeling? No, I feel the same way. Like, I'm not going to feel pressured to be like, oh, I'm not going to watch it because if I want to watch it, I'll watch it. But as far as like giving it a platform and highlighting it and pointing, you know, giving Kelly Dodd any more attention, I'm not interested in that whatsoever. So I definitely will not be covering it. And I'm like, I have plenty of content. There's going to be Potomac and uh, Salt Lake and uh, Below Deck on at the same time. Yeah, we have so, so many good things coming. Like, I feel unless something insane that, like, is blowing up the world happens in OC, I'm fine not covering it. I haven't really loved OC in a while. Mm-hmm. I... Even the first few seasons I didn't love. And then I got into it with Heather Dubrow. Mm -hmm. And then I thought it was good for a little bit. And then it's kind of been going down and down and down. Yeah, I agree. And even the way, especially like Vicky, Tamara, and Kelly, the way they just are so in with social media mm -hmm. trying to stir things up. And yeah. Kelly, I feel like, just wants to keep stirring things as much mm -hmm. as she can. Like, why do that? We do yeah. new people. I'd also exactly. like um people who are like real real housewives. I feel like all these women aren't actually housewives. Mm -hmm. I mean, but you know, that's most of the I mean, look at New York. They're, none of them are housewives. I know. Andy it's, pointed it out, yeah. It's like most of these women are not. I mean, maybe Salt Lake will be one of the ones where they're a lot of them are actually housewives. Yeah, because I'd just like to see a few. Like, even two could be married. That's all. I'm not saying it has to yeah. be the whole season. Yeah. But, no, I'm not, like, looking that forward to OC. What about Southern Charm? Are you watching that one? See, both of those shows have gone really down to me. And it was That's how I feel. This season. I felt that way, like, three seasons ago. Like, mm -hmm. OC, I have been over. I really, even when it's on and it was, I guess, considered, like, kind of having great storylines, I'd wait to watch it. I never felt rushed. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like my afterthought show. Yeah, yeah. Um, like when I place in my favorites, I think it's like Potomac and then New York and Atlanta are like right there for me. Yeah, like that's how I feel. I used to love OC in the in the beginning, like just Vicky and her craziness with like the Fit's not a van, I'm a family van, <laughs> like all of that, and then just like the wine throwing, like the early early OC days, and Tamara looks so trashy, and just yeah. like all of that was so crazy. But the, like you said, the past five six years, it's just like you said, it's been an afterthought, and it's I'm the same, Atlanta, New York, Potomac. Yeah, 
they're just like the best shows and those women give us so much like dallas kind of comes lower new jersey hasn't been good for seasons i Mm -hmm. hope they bring it back but honestly as soon as they got rid of the family element which to me is what i loved about the show it just started to feel so bad and teresa I feel like sometimes tries to produce stuff and it just it doesn't. I know she's not smart enough. She's not smart. Like you can't do do that. If you're gonna try and do that, you gotta be real quick. And she's not smart enough at all. No, we need Caroline. I I knew Teresa was stupid when she flipped that fucking table because I'm like, why are you doing that? Like it didn't even make sense when she did it. (laughs) She got so upset. Even Teresa, not just with the table, with the hair pulling. I mean, even it's like why even with the hair pulling. That was insane. I know. I know. Thanks. She doesn't make any sense. She doesn't know how to articulate her feelings, so she just does these ira- these crazy things for TV. I agree, and I also think when somebody insults her, says something that maybe is a critique of her, I feel literally like it takes her at least three days to kind of to really understand. It. And then she's like, hey, that wasn't that nice. Exactly. That's why the table flip, like all Danielle said was like, don't you get it? Or like something like that. Yeah, and she she thought that she was coming for her intelligence because you know Teresa English is not her first language, so she has a hard time even understanding things. And she, like you said, she felt so attacked in that way when really she didn't even really say anything that was super personal. No, I think Teresa just gets in her head <laughs> and gets so angry and passionate. Yes, Teresa's so so funny. I loved her last season when she's like, "They're not going to show this, are they? They're not going to put this on camera." Like, and oh, they sure funny. did. It's like you you're making these moments because that season wasn't that great but that moment that was that was great and then the whole like her with Danielle how she like told her to do it all of that because she didn't think that was going to be on tv either everything that she thought wasn't going to air was what made the show good which is what I've heard that this season is going to be really good so I'm excited for that to see kind of how that like plays over Uh uh-huh um but again, it was such an honor to have you on. Before oh my gosh. We let you, I let you go. Um, we have this fun little game we play. So it's called Text Elite. And I'm going to choose a Bravo show. Okay. And you'll pick who you want to. I feel like because we talked about it, we'll do Potomac. Okay. Okay. So I want to make it a little hard. Okay. So Candace, Karen... And I feel like I don't want to pick Monique. Um, and Giselle. Oh, Robin. No, Candace, um, Karen, and Robin. And your question is, who do I delete? You would on, Who are you gonna call? Who are you gonna text? And who are you gonna delete? And maybe like a little spiel of why. Okay, so Candace, Karen, and Robin. And Robin. Okay. Candace, Karen, Robin. Oh, that's hard. Okay, so. Call definitely Karen, because I just want to, I want to hear all about her life story, and I want to get her advice on my life, and I want to hear how everything's going with her and Ray, because you learn so much from people that are generations older than you, like, just hearing about how she's processing this whole situation with Ray, like, maybe I'll go through something like that later in my life, and I'll really value her opinion, her advice, like, like Portia said, like, she gave Portia a lot of advice on what to do with Dennis and how to navigate that situation. And the grand dame, she just seems like she would just be so sweet and just so loving. And she seems like she's so motherly and definitely a call from her. And uh, see, this is why it's hard because I, I like Robin more. I find her to be more relatable. But right now I'm more into Candace because of everything that's happening. So if I had to delete, I guess I would delete 
um, Robin just because she is like basically Giselle's mouthpiece. So and it's like, please don't DM Robin. Okay. So we'll DM Robin and then text Candace. <laughs> she just we'll, won't we'll, be in her phone anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll DM Robin and then we'll text Candace. Just because I'm like, I want to know, Candace, who does your hair? Because her hair is always laid. And Where are you getting your clothes or makeup? I want to know who is your glam squad. Yeah. And also, to me, Candace has the healthiest relationship on that show. They're so cute together. Aren't they? I want to know what they're doing because they're doing something right. So cute. And I want them to get the puppy, then get the baby. And I think yes. it's going to be a beautiful time. Oh my God. I love watching her hold that dog. It was the cutest thing ever. It was so sweet. He was like, he didn't move a muscle when she picked him up. Like that's, that, that might be your dog. I want him, her to bring Chris back. And I was like waiting in the episode and I was like, I guess not this one. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love him. She yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, um, can you- and also on, on and this yeah. too also it's like i another friend of mine uh mixing with Moni, she was saying that like she doesn't like she doesn't agree with monique but she relates more to where monique is coming from as opposed to like monique comes from a quote-unquote different side of the tracks than candace did like monique kind of like came from the hood in jersey atlantic city and kind of had to fight like her pat and whereas like candace kind of grew up more yeah Whereas Candace grew up being a pageant girl, like her mommy paid for everything. So I almost relate to Candace more just because I grew up being like that only black girl in the class. And I grew up going to ballet class and things like that. So I relate to her having sort of like, you have that pressure from your family of like what you should be because of everything that they've given you. But then you also want to create your own identity. Whereas Monique has been sort of like a fighter where she had to create something out of nothing. No, I completely so. see that. Do you feel like you relate to Wendy? Um, I relate, I relate to Wendy because my dad is African. So I relate to like that horde of pressure of like being something in the arts is not acceptable because she's having a really hard time telling her mom about not wanting to be a professor. It's like, like she said, an engineer, doctor, or a lawyer. That's your only three options. So I relate to her in that aspect and also being very, a dark skinned woman, her, you know, she's Karen, you have, you have Karen, you have Giselle, you have Robin, very fair skinned women. And a lot of times in the black community, you get, oh, you're so pretty for a dark skinned girl. So I appreciate seeing that yeah. the depth of her complexion on camera. So yeah, I relate to her as well. I relate to a lot of the women in different ways. I, I relate the least to Giselle and Robin. No, I agree with you on that. Because I do feel like, again, a different um, culture, but I do feel like um, I come from like a Jewish background and you have a certain, we are as girls more accepted to do somewhat in the arts like I'm a stylist but it is true like doctor lawyer yeah education is the most important you have yeah. to be, like the perfect wife the perfect right like this and that and I do feel like there are these elements that are very much portrayed on you and to be successful mm -hmm. so I feel like with Wendy and that scene with her sister I could very much relate to kind of that idea of like you don't want to let your parents down they right. don't so much for you yeah but Giselle and Robin I just I don't even feel in certain ways I know we know certain secrets about Giselle and Robin but I don't know if we actually know who they are absolutely and I was just turned off by them immediately because at the beginning of the show they were basically denying the fact that they were white like they're like oh i'm a black woman instead of and, and they, they don't consider themselves mixed because their parents are not one, you know one or the other black or white but i felt like the way that they tried to like shun katie and say oh are you black or are you white i did not like that and i don't like when someone clearly gets to benefit from their light skin privilege they i mean everyone knows in the black community you're seen as pretty you're prettier 
more educated, more desirable, more feminine, the closer your features are to white. It's just a fact. So the fact that they are not using that platform and that opportunity to shine a light on that, but instead deny their whiteness, to me, it's counterproductive. Like, no, why not say, like, I am very white passing. My own kids thought I was white. I agree with you. I felt like that whole thing that season was really a very interesting take that they decide to do that when then wasn't it like three seasons later robin does a test where she finds out like she has all this oh right like i never would have known i thought i feel like you did (laughs) and i feel like this is look in the mirror yeah like it's a weird conversation to be having i did agree with katie i felt like giselle and robin kept making things issues that didn't need to be didn't need to be whether katie you know feels Jewish or black, like she can be both, I felt. And I felt like them trying to kind of make it such a division and this and that. I found it very strange and I didn't get where, what was their goal with that? Like what were they trying to make by making her so uncomfortable? Exactly. And it's very triggering as a viewer, as a black woman, because I'm like, you would have been praised in, in, in any environment that I would be in for your fair skinness, for the fact that you look white and the fact they're trying to put another woman down because they're not black enough when you don't even look black yourself. Like it was just very confusing and uncomfortable for me to watch. I did not like that at all. I didn't either. And I feel like Giselle and Robin for the two of them, maybe because, which again, I don't know their story, but if uh, maybe because of their own inner struggles, right with that then they let us in yeah but i agree with you then let us in like say like you know that let us know like oh i grew up whenever i grew up i hated being when people thought i was white because i wanted to you know connect with my black and she probably proud black woman exactly like Like, i want to distance myself from my answers of slaves owners that raped them like i don't want to identify what with that that's fine but don't put another person down for being not black enough or whatever you want to say. And you also need to be like, I am white passing and highlight your white privilege. Like, talk about it. I agree. I, I do think the two of them could have such a, a dialogue about it. But I do think in that um, respect, like both Ashley and Katie at that time, I think were very articulate in how they both kept bringing up the other side of it. At least mm-hmm. I felt and you were seeing, sorry, and you were seeing it from from their point of view as another two light-skinned um, mm-hmm. women, like how they were saying, you know, it was making them feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I felt like at least you saw a different- Something, yeah. Yeah, but I do, I, I do but, think it's very strange to this day because the two of them both seem like they, it's not something they even kind of recognize. Which is insulting to me because they don't, all the suffering that we as black women go through that, that they got to bypass because of how fair their skin are. And they had a nerve to say, oh, well, I might look white, but wait till you hear how I talk. Like, why would you say something like that? No, it's very strange. I feel like Giselle and Robin <laughs> be a case study in themselves because yeah. obviously they do connect. They have so much in common, mm-hmm. but they also seem to both have such a hatred Like, they don't seem to like the fact, kind of what you said, that they are light-skinned women. And they don't seem to want that to be a part of their story, but it is. And because Mm -hmm. they both do have such a huge platform to kind of educate and spread, Mm -hmm. and because they both, especially Giselle, seems like somebody who wants to be in that um, role. Yeah. I think Giselle would really, you know, want to then utilize that. Yes. But maybe one day it will be her story and she just needs to kind of, 
Well, it's the same thing that I have the conversation with a lot of my white friends. They, they want to talk about, they want to be an ally. They want to talk Black Lives Matter, but they don't want to talk about their own white privilege because it's, it's uncomfortable to talk about the fact that you still benefit from this, even though it's something that you're fighting against. So I think it's an uncomfortable space for them because they benefit from their, their light skinness. They benefit from how close they look to white, but then there's like a shame around it because their ancestors were slave owners. No, of I mean? course. So I bet it's a, tip, uh, it's a tough spot to be in, but you're not helping the cause by denying your whiteness. Like that's not doing us anything. No, I agree with you. I think everyone just needs to be very, like, transparent. Yes. Kind of, like, speak the truth, but also in that regard, like, don't be transparent as being, like, a racist. Like, you're, exactly. like, don't be, like, against all. Like, I think people, it's such a weird time because I lived in London for years, and it's a very not PC country. Mm-hmm. Um, have you been at all? No, I've never been to London. It's, a, it's amazing, but it's also a country where they're very kind of all just, at no one's PC, like anyone. Okay. But also not really then like everyone's kind of open and accepting. So okay. I grew up in a way where even with my family, I come like where I grew up with like lots of different cultures and like, and also with my religion. So I kind of grew up thinking like everyone is equal. Like what mm-hmm. I said to you earlier, it's just like the inside. But yeah. when I came to this back, when I moved back to this country, I saw like, even though there was this idea that we were very open and very like, no, we're the most country that's like, we believe everyone's equal. I could see like, it's so bad here. There's such a divide in every yeah. person and everywhere. And if for a country that's so always saying we're so PC, we're so like, you know, this and that, we have such a bad foundation. And I really hope that like we are going through a time where it's not just like just to say to say where it really is going to be because I can see it even with people my age and younger like we don't want this anymore like this is not the path we want to be on and I really hope we're going to start a new not only dialogue but a new kind of way of living because this is awful. No it's not working. No. I think it's going to happen. I think that if we can get out there and vote and really get to the polls and understand how much it's our responsibility to make the change happen. And I think that's what was missing in the past years. Like people don't realize it's like, no, it's up to you to get out there and vote. If you don't want certain people in office, like there's a, there's a seat open now in the Supreme Court. It's like, this is the time to get in there and make the change happen. And I think that this would be the generation to do it because you, you see uh, the, what is her name? The, um, that girl that, the woman that has her daughter on TikTok the Coleman or whatever. The Coleman. She's this woman. I can't think of her name. It's like Kathy Cole or something. But she's like a Trump person. But her daughter is not Trump. So her daughter is like bashing her on TikTok. Her own oh, daughter. Really? Yes. It's like Kelly Coleman or whatever. Oh, you I know. How did I know that? Her daughter is like my mom has uh, got tested positive for COVID, and my mom this and just talking shit about her mom. And her own daughter is like really, really, really liberal. What what's her name? Kelly. I don't want. I don't know. It's okay, like okay. Kelly, it's like it's like it's like daughter. yeah. It's like yeah. Something like Kelly Coleman daughter TikTok. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna later. I'll do more research. Um, at first, I was like, "Are you talking about Addison?" No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a blonde. If I'm gonna be hitting like snapping myself or not. Oh yeah, Kellyanne Conway. Oh Kelly! Oh my God! Yes. No way! Not Kelly Ann Conway. Yes, her daughter, her daughter has a TikTok, 
and talks so much shit about her mom on the TikTok. And it's amazing. I'm like, yes, this is the next generation where, yes, their parents might be super, you know, racist and Republican, but the children can start changing the conversation. Oh, I'm so, I have it ready. When we get off, I'm going yes. to deep dive. She's like, she's like, fuck my mom. My mom fucking sucks. Oh my gosh. I know, it's crazy. Oh my, it just, this is so something to look forward to after Below Deck. <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> well, um, again, it was such a pleasure. We would, I would love to have you back in the next time so my sister can get to officially meet. Yes. Like I said, we're such huge fans. Um, before we let you go, can we, can you one more time tell everyone where to follow you and yes. everything? I'm on Instagram at the Bravo Breakdown. And I also have my Patreon, patreon.com slash the Bravo Breakdown, which is, you know, a, a lot, of, I've seen a lot of um, Instagrammers start to create Patreons because it's really important for us because we're, we're all artists, we're creating content. And it, there's, it doesn't make sense, you know, to put in all these hours of work to, to create free content. You know what I mean? It's like people don't go to work for free. You don't expect someone to be your lawyer or build your home or do any other job, teach your children for free. So it's a form of entertainment, these podcasts and these meme creators and stuff like that. So I really try to be like, normalize the conversation around these Patreons. People get kind of funny about like asking for money. But in my thing, it's like, why would you work for free? You know what I mean? I agree. So, I think you're very smart. You're a boss ass bitch. Girl, you know, I got to do it. The bills got to get paid. <laughs> I gotta love keep it. The got to keep the lights on. We're in a I pandemic. Exactly. So, I agree. Oh uh, yeah, so it's patreon.com slash the Bravo Breakdown. I put out a video every week. Right now I'm doing Potomac. I'll start, you know, working in the Salt Lake City once that airs. I will not be covering Southern Charm or OC, but we'll be talking about everything else at the Bravo I'm Breakdown. So excited. My sister and I are just going to be like following it all. And Yay! And I'll be giving you my feedback. And yes, we hope one day soon to have you back. Yes. Uh, thank you again. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. If you want to follow us across our platforms, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Stylishly Solomon. Solomon spelled with all O's, S-O-L-O-M-O-N. And also on our Instagram, you can find links in the bio to follow us on Amazon and like to know it and shop our looks and find out our fashion breakdowns. If you like this podcast, Please subscribe, rate, and leave a comment. We always love to hear your feedback. We thank you for thinking of us and appreciate your love and support.